where have you all been? <laughs> it's been really lonely in here. You know, me recording uh, every, every Wednesday, just me and uh, Timothy and sometimes Chris later on with the music, and uh, it's so good to have some of you back. It's, it's such a strange time, and I, I want to thank you for kind of rolling with you know, everything from mass time changes to seating changes and everything else, because we both want to be safe and take care of things, and, and um, you know, we're sanitizing in between masses and everything, so it's, you know, all of this is temporary, you know, we hope, right? Um, it might be a long temporary, but it's temporary, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Okay. I went to seminary college and theology at St. Meinrad um, Arch Abbey. There's a Benedictine monastery in southern Indiana. It's beautiful. And uh, when I first arrived, I had two years left of college, and then I had the theology section to finish. And when I first arrived, the monks made their own wine. They made their own wine. They also made their own bread for, uh, for the Mass, wine and bread. And um, we used to say that the wine was so bad. <laughs> the saying was, it's easier to believe that it's Jesus than that it's actually wine. <laughs> That's what he said. It was so, it was not, it was barely, it wasn't palatable. And then the, the loaves, they'd make their own, you know, loaves, and then they'd be in the freezer. So then the sacristan was supposed to go and take them out of the freezer early in the morning so they would thaw before mass, right before lunch. We could always tell. We could tell who made the batch, if it was chewy or sticky or crumbly, and then we could also tell if the sacristan didn't put it out in time because it was still frozen. Finally, they switched. So again, the same thing. It was easier to believe that God could change this into his own body and blood than that this was actually bread because it was awful. Which leads me to the solemnity we celebrate today. Traditionally, Corpus Christi and the more modern, modern rendering, the most holy body and blood of Jesus Christ. It is not uncommon, even for Catholics who have believed this teaching from the beginning, uh, from the New Testament and from uh, other sources in the first, second, third century, we have always believed that when people consume the Eucharist, they are consuming the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It has been an unchanging teaching. In fact, the early Christians were even accused by, by non-Christians. They were accused of being cannibals. Because people would say, haven't you heard what those Christians do? I mean, they were all Catholic, but you know, those Christians, they're eating the body and blood of Jesus. They were accused of cannibalism because the people who were saying that understood them to be so literal, but literal about what they believed. But it's despite the unchanging tradition and teaching, which is a dogma, 
the, the real presence of Christ, meaning that it must be believed by every Catholic. Um, people still struggle with it. They still struggle with, I mean, at least our wine is better that we start with than St. Meinrad. How does that become Jesus? How does that become God? How does that little wafer become God? How can that happen? It's not uncommon for people to struggle with that, to struggle with that belief. They know the church teaches it, but how do I assent to it? What I would assert to you is that a different question has to be asked. In other words, the, the, the primary question is, is that Jesus Christ in, you know, under the form of bread and wine? But if we stay there and struggle with that, it's the wrong question. The right question to start with is this. Is Jesus God or not? Is Jesus Christ God or not? The, the most fundamental teaching of Christianity Jesus Christ, who walked this earth, died on the cross. Was he, is he God? Do I believe that? Because if we don't believe that, then there's no reason to be Christian. If we don't believe that Jesus is God, then everything else falls away. But if we believe that Jesus is God, that means then that the second person of the Trinity became man, walked among us, that what he did actually happened, you know, what, what, what they say he did actually happened. And also, his words can be taken with a certain amount of, well, a complete amount of assent. And so he says it in John chapter 6 from the Gospel today. He tells the people, look, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And immediately, they all go, what? That's crazy talk. Because it is. I mean, if you're hearing that for the first time, they don't yet really all know that Jesus is God, right? So their, their perception of this is, Jesus, maybe he's the Messiah, he's claiming to be that, but they, they still don't have it all worked out, and they certainly don't have it yet worked out that he's God, let alone his rising from the dead, etc. So he's telling them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have life within you. And they all say, that's crazy talk. Right? They murmured among themselves, which is the scripture's way of saying that's crazy talk, murmuring. <laughs> they murmured, murmur, murmur, murmur. So then how does Jesus react? Does he say, oh, no, no, I meant symbolically. I mean, symbolically, not really eating my flesh and drinking my blood. It's a symbol. It's, it's metaphorical. It's etc. Is that how he responded? No. He reiterates his teaching five different... I was counting as I was reading it, just to make sure. Five different ways. My, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. He who feeds on me unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Five different times. In other words, he's saying to the murmurers, yeah, I meant it. 
And what do we find later in that same chapter is most of them left. They said, forget it. Now, if you're a, if you're a teacher, if you're leading people in the faith, you don't want them to leave. But you will allow them to leave if what you are teaching is so central that it must be taught. Same position that I have. Right? I don't, I don't want people to leave the church, but if it's a stance that has to be taken and they need to leave, they need to leave. This is what happens with Jesus. Because this teaching is so central, he lets them all go. Except for the apostles. And we're told at the end of John chapter 6, he turns to the apostles, the only ones left, and he says, do you want to leave too? In other words, he's not saying, please don't leave. He's saying, if you need to leave, because I'm not changing the teaching. And, and Peter says, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. You say, they, they believed. They believed that his words were true. They didn't understand it, but they believed him. And so they continued with their ministry until they got to that night of Passover. Remember, Passover is the meal the Jews celebrated for centuries, commemorating that exodus, that exodus event of when the angel of the Lord would pass over them. They would pass, he would pass over the houses, the homes, of those who consumed the unblemished lamb and spread the blood on their doorpost. You remember, you've seen the movie. <laughs> every, every Lent, my mother would make us watch the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. And so it's just embedded in my head, all of those, all of those visuals. So there they are at the Last Supper of the Passover, commemorating the event of when the Israelites would consume the Lamb of God so that the angel of death would pass over them. And there, at that Passover, Jesus did something different. When he took the bread, he said, this is my body. And you have to think that for the apostles, the light bulbs now are starting to go off because they were probably thinking, we have no clue how this is gonna work out, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. How's this gonna work? But then he took the bread and he said, this, this is going to be changed into my body. And then he takes the, the wine. This is changed into my blood. What's happening here is the fulfillment of that Passover meal that saved you. This is the definitive Passover meal which will save my people, the Holy Eucharist. Well, if Jesus is God... Somehow he should be able to put himself into a, a piece of bread. Somehow he should be able to change that wine into his real presence. He can become man, God himself. He can die on the cross for our sins. He can rise from the dead. He can probably do that with bread and wine and give it to us as a gift. It all goes back to who we believe Jesus is. And if we have confidence in Jesus, 
then the other stuff falls into place. And we say, okay. Do I understand it? No. Don't understand it. I mean, I could give you a treatise on St. Thomas Aquinas' hylomorphic theory and explain transubstantiation if you want, but then we gotta be here another 20 minutes. At least, that's like a whole semester course. And that, that's helpful, it's not unhelpful stuff. But in a sense, it doesn't really matter, I think, to us in the everyday. In the everyday, do we trust Jesus? Is he God? Then we trust what he says. That's simple. Please stand.